Hello, ladies, and welcome back to Celebrate You. Today, we are talking about a very important topic. Money. Yes, money, cash, you know, like that thing that moves the world. <laughs> money, because money is important. And today, our guest is coming all the way from Guatemala. So we have Diana Aceituno. And before I go into you, Diana, um, ladies, let me tell you a little bit about Diana. So Diana, uh, like I said, she's based in Guatemala. She works for the Superintendency of Banks of Guatemala. That means it's the government institution that regulates banks. So the equivalent in the UK is the FCA, the equivalent in Malaysia could be BNM. She is a certified financial education instructor. She's been in the industry for over 11 years. Uh, she's worked in financial education projects in, with the Inter-American Development Bank. And today we have very practical, tips and knowledge on how we can all improve our finances and our financial life because it is super important. So having said that, Diana, thank you so much and welcome to the show. No, well, uh, thank you for the invitation and I'm pleased to, to share and build up together knowledge because many of those things we already know, but we, what we will do, we will remind them and we will have them as practical tools, as you said, because sometimes the gap is between what we know and what we do. So what we're trying to do today is to link, build a bridge between those things we already know and how to take them into practice so we can change our behavior, starting from a transformation from our interior, our being, and then it will explode to the things we do and to the things we have. Amazing. Great. <laughs> Thank you. Amazing. That sounds like <laughs> that sounds exactly like we all need. <laughs> okay. So let's start with what caught my attention when we first spoke was like like my curiosity was like, how did you get started? As in not working in financial services, but how did you get started working in financial well-being and working uh you know like with high-profile projects. <laughs> yeah, 10 years ago, more than 10 years ago, I think it was already 20 years ago, I started working for international development projects with the European Union. And then it was uh, something I, I developed for those years. And then I had the great opportunity to start at Superintendency of Banks with this. In the beginning, it was a campaign for mass media, but then it evolved to a program with different um, areas to, to generate knowledge, for example, education. Also, we continue with the campaigns, communication, and something we call the logistics, which is something we where we participate in events, we arrange stands, and we have this approach one-on-one -on -one to, to people. But from this great job opportunity, it has been changed into my life mission. Wow. Because I think, yeah, it, it gave me the opportunity, it opened the door for me to say, 
this is something I have to do, even if one day life takes me to other roads, it's something I feel is my mission, and especially focused on women, because I do believe our girls, especially in Latin America, we have to give ourselves the chance to have financial freedom, to have autonomy, to take decisions and build our own future. And then for me, it changed from an incredible and fantastic job opportunity to this life mission. And for me, it's a pleasure and it's my mission. I'm here to serve you, all you guys listening to this podcast. And yeah, as you mentioned, because it has impact in, in many life areas. Uh, I mean, when you talk about financial stress, for example, you can see how it affects people's life because then you are not productive at job because you are thinking most of the time, what can I do to solve my situation, to pay my debts mm -hmm. <laughs> more than five hours a day for many cases. It also affects your relationships with your family, with your spouse or your partner, because then you have to struggle about the financial situation and how it affects the, the communication, uh, your goals, personal and joint goals. And it also affects then it starts to have uh, influence and impact on your health because you your mental health is affected. You are focused on the problem. You are not focused on the goals. And it, it starts also to create physical problems because you know the thoughts transform into emotions, emotions into reactions, and those reactions also go to our body. And one or another way, they will explode, they will come out, and you will have also in your body some, some kind of effects. So this is really important that, as you said, money moves the world because it is like water. And yeah. it is just stuck in a place and you don't move it, you don't let it flow, then it will be ju just be there without any flow, uh, oxygen, and it won't grow. Yes, you covered so many good topics now and I have like so many questions. <laughs> uh, but let me go back to one of the phrases that you said at the beginning. You mentioned along the lines of we you said the girls of Latin America and the women, like we need to give ourselves basically permission to grow and to be empowered and to be, you said, you use the word financial, financial freedom, I believe. Um, so what comes to mind is, yes, there is a lot of, let's say, mindset Uh, advice about uh, women's empowerment and development. However, when it comes to real practical stuff, yeah, and especially when it comes to not to people like you and I, I think we're grown ups by now, <laughs> but like to the girls, like the little girls and the teenagers, it's not really about the mindset, it's about education. And financial yeah. education is key for our generation to be able to have an impact in in tomorrow's grown-ups basically uh, 
how, based on your professional experience, how do we ensure that we're giving these girls, at least in Latin America, but I'm assuming it's the same everywhere, how do we ensure that we're giving these girls the right education, financial education? Yeah, it's something that starts at home, at most of the education uh, system. Uh, home is our first school. And it starts with the beliefs we, we have. In the beginning, we start to copy models, the role models we have from our parents, what we listen from them, or the five more influent people in our lives when we are in our childhood. As we grow, and then we start to, to interact in school, and then school becomes our second home. <laughs> yes. uh, we, we start to create those beliefs also from what we share with our peers, other teenagers, and then you really get concerned about the things you don't have. Mm, that's so true. Yeah, because then you start to, to, to focus on what they have and I don't have, and you think, that those things, material things, what they have, what they do, where they go, is building what you are. Because we are also uh, facing lack of emotional education. Mm. We develop our emotional intelligence. Uh, so we believe that we are what we have and what we do. Instead of we are and then we do what we have, uh, based on what what we really are, our essence. And then it's important to also give children from the beginning this uh, kind of emotional intelligence, uh, education, and it's really important. Sometimes it's difficult for us as grown-ups to change our mindset and so we can start to, to raise our children with, a, with another kind of financial ideas on their minds. Uh, but it is important then also the participation of the educational community. Uh, I mean the school, the school system, the parents to be involved in those uh, in those activities to give them financial education. And of course the teachers, they are key for the process of giving financial education at schools. Then it is important to work together. And now we are going to move to uh, institutional and national yeah. policies to, to introduce the financial education into the national curricula so we can start to create those new habits. And the thing about financial education is that it's not static. It has to change and evolve with the same freedom as the financial dynamic markets are moving and uh, because they are going to the other day I was listening that uh, children now between five years and ten years will develop professions that have not even been invented mm. <laughs> so uh, imagine the products and services they will use the financial services they will access when they grow will be totally different so financial education also has to be dynamic and change according to the world. So to ensure that we have this financial education properly, we have to include all the educational community, the parents, teachers, students, the whole community 
to give this to, to foster a financial education in the national curricula, but it's not the only way. We also have many things to say, for example, a financial regulators, central banks, and a, yeah. all those institutions working also on, on other um, social development projects, hmm. because it also affects um, the development for all the communities, especially for women, because we, as we have talked, um, we have those mindsets that we have lack of confidence. I was reading the other day a really interesting article. The, the name is The Fearless um, Woman, I think, uh, from the George Washington University, that our problem besides we think that we don't know things, financial things, then we lack of confidence because we we think that we know less than we than really, we really know. know and oh. then that's we have to build up our confidence and say yes i know be empowered and then change these mindsets yes let me interrupt you there <laughs> i'm like that is so annoying <laughs> because this reminds me of one of my bosses when i used to work in barclays uh and you know i was looking for a new role this and the other and i remember i had a mentorship conversation with him and he was like <laughs> he said the same thing monica this is so annoying like you are being very <laughs> annoying i'm like what are you talking about And he said this thing about women, we know that this is like common knowledge now. It's like women do not apply for roles because they cover 80% of the requirements, but they do not cover 20% of the requirements. And then they think that they are not good enough for the role, while men, they cover 20 to 40% of the requirements and they go like, I'll go for it. And they get it. <laughs> <laughs> they take chance yes. and, and he told this to me when I was like way younger like I was still in Barclay so this is like many many years ago uh, but it seems like the theme is the same it's like confidence so what you're saying is like we women we have certain degree of confidence in our knowledge but then it's the lack of confidence and the perception that we don't know everything then that is like oh that's like fear and then we paralyze <laughs> and then we don't do we just don't go for it because we think we need to know everything to move forwards exactly and then we, when we get fear because fear is an important emotion when we talk about finance because or we get freeze or we move when we feel free fear <laughs> um you touched like one of the things that it's, it didn't surprise me but yeah it, it, it impressed me uh in your response was it's not only about financial education but you said we don't have emotional education yet or <laughs> i don't know if yet <laughs> but we've never had it <laughs> uh what's the role of emotions in our financial well-being What's the relationship within, between emotions and the money? They are really linked more than we think. 95% of the decisions we take 
including financial decisions, are based on emotions. And if we think, for example, in how our brain works, we know and we have heard maybe that there's this fast system uh, telling us what to do, very heuristic, and you take the, the fast uh, answer, and there, then we have this second system, which is more, um, maybe slow, <laughs> but it's more rational, let's say. It's not that the other is not rational, because it's based on what we have learned during the years, but it's faster because we need to take a fast decision. The other, if I tell you, let's divide 235 into 30, it will take a little while to organize the numbers in our head, and then our brain will be like a little bit lazy to make the numbers. Mm. Let's say it. <laughs> and when we talk about emotions, then we also have this feeling. Let's say that if I want to buy a house, and I think it's a big decision because it involves a lot of money, maybe a lot of debt, uh, but I do it because it's my family's protection. It will yes. be my family's legacy. It's because I want to live in that house of my dreams and in that place that I have always dreamed about. And then we have all those emotions involved in the decision related to how we feel, to what we dream, and the lifestyle we, we want. So the, it, the relation between our emotions and our financial decisions is really linked. And if I tell you, for example, an experience we have had when we were children, and let's think about, I don't know, uh, Christmas in the United Kingdom, maybe many people, remembers a Christmas where you didn't have the gift you were expecting because maybe there were financial problems at home. Mm. I don't know, it's an idea, but it, it's an experience that you will have for a lifetime. And when you are shopping for Christmas, it will be in your mind. And then you have all those stimuli from outside and it comes whenever you are shopping or you think that something you buy is going to replace something that will build this lack of confidence that you have. And then you link, I know many people and I have worked in myself, <laughs> to admit, yeah. but there was a time when I was trying to invest in a non-organized way and I lost a lot of money because I was linking this investment decision to a bad experience I had earlier. And to avoid everything related to that very bad experience, I was making the wrong things. Mm. Because I was still focused on the bad experience, bad uh, partners. And instead of building myself first and say, okay, I have to heal those things, those beliefs, those things from my past before I take the next decision. Of course, it had a price. It was a learning lesson with a cost. <laughs> it hurts. Uh, yeah, it hurts. And in fact, it does hurt in our brain. It hurts when we, when we lose money. It's related to uh, our brain and we suffer, including when we see a, a price that we think is not fair. We think, ooh, is not fair. 
and it, it, it produces pain actually it does oh wow like like properly science-based uh fact <laughs> exactly and wow. even when we the way we pay it also uh, affects our, uh, how we we perceive money how is the perception for example if i have a a bill and and i have to pay for something in in the supermarket let's say and i have to pay in cash it feels different because i'm looking at the money how much it's getting you out mean. from my wallet yeah. <laughs> And it's, and it's different if you pay with your credit card and when you yeah. pay with your credit card you feel it's less painful you feel you it don't painful see the money <laughs> exactly but you feel it, it's painful when you have to pay the bill <laughs> <laughs> and then you have the statement that says that you have spending that much money and then you don't believe it but it's because it's not that painful when you pay with your credit card wow okay i'm like <laughs> I, i haven't really I, it's like it's fascinating the whole world of emotions and money i haven't really uh, done a lot of work in that but it's fascinating to see that it's like someone like you a professional you know in the banking yeah. industry like in a serious government institution that that's what we're looking at it's not because like i get the perception that some people it's more of a we talk about emotions and money if you are a coach but uh not in i i haven't heard much of that conversation like you are talking about in the industry so it's like amazing to see that we're having those conversations Yeah, um, and, in, and in fact, when you are coaching, you also need to prepare people for lifestyle transformation from beliefs transformation and how those decisions they, they are taking are related to the emotions they have. Hmm. Awesome. So let I'm like, let's get into the topic <laughs> now. <laughs> This was just the introduction. Um, Financial well-being. Yeah, financial well-being is related to this um, status when you you have the feeling. And in fact, there are many also research how to measure financial well-being, and it is related to how free you feel to take decisions related to your income. And also it's related to the balance you have between income and, and expenses. Mm. And because it will say it, it also related if you have um, savings enough to survive a financial shock, like the one we are living now in on pandemic times, uh, how many months can you can you survive without if you lose your main income source how long can you can you survive one month three months six months uh, also well-being is related to this resilience capacity to to face those situations um, maybe not only related to fin finance as we talked But if you face a health situation and you need to pay for 
let's say, a medical treatment. How many times we have heard people that when you ask them, ask them why don't you go to, to a doctor, to a consultancy, and they say, ah, it's because I'm waiting to be paid. Or I, I can't afford to pay for, for medical consultancy. It, it really hurts. And it's yeah. really heartbreaking because you think, in that case, how is the support network for this person who in that moment can say, I feel bad, I need consultancy. I need to go um, to the doctor. I need to go to a doctor, I need an, an appointment, but I can't afford to pay for it. Then it's really uh, made me think how is financial wellness for that person. But there are many ways to, to measure financial wellness, how, how safe you feel if you have for one, three, six months to survive. It's related to, um, to, to also the environment, how free you how free you feel to take decisions and now there are also like index and indicators about financial health financial wellness and most of them conclude that it's related to your capacity to fulfill your basic needs to to follow your goals and achieve them Mm -hmm. and also have this resilience network when you have to face a financial shock oh i love those three yeah it's like the main for me it's like the main three keys to measure and find out if you are healthy or not that healthy related to your finance yeah can you repeat those three so that we have them top of mind yeah One. the first is uh, if you have the capacity to cover your basic, basic needs. needs. Yeah. And this is really linked to how you manage your income and your expenses. Hmm. The second is related about your freedom to take decisions, to follow your goals and achieve them. Yeah. So it is also related to planning, how you plan your goals for short, medium, long-term. If you have planned to build up your assets, and the third one is related to resilience. If you have the resilience to face the financial shocks that can come from, now we call it pandemic. It, 10 years ago, it was financial crisis. Uh, in 10 years, we don't know what it will be, but it's related to economical cycles. And how is this? support network you have in case you, you have to face one of those shocks. Yeah. And this network can be called savings, emergency savings. I, I don't like to call them emergency savings because I really believe in purpose and words have power. So I prefer to call them my, my peace fund or my liberty fund. Oh, I like or that. Or <laughs> yeah, something that gives you more uh, peace of mind. That it's, yeah. Exactly, that it's there for my peace, it's there for a uh, win. It's a safety cushion, yeah, yeah, rather than I'm like expecting an emergency. Yeah, but that's what will happen, emergencies. And and also, if what is this support network? It's also okay. related, do you have an insurance to cover for something if you need to go to a doctor, for example, uh, or if you have an accident in your car, do you have an insurance? 
uh, or who do you call in that moment? Yeah. Uh, is your network, your safety net, your contacts, your family, yeah, your, your friends, yeah. your employer? Because uh, it's also important for uh, employers to know that employees have in their financial network security. Uh, we have mapped our employers like one of the first contacts we will have in case we need money. We will say, can you give me in advance my monthly payment? Yes, yes. <laughs> my, well, yeah, no, but it's, but it's so true. My cleaner does that with me. She's, she's from the Philippines. I'm in Malaysia. And many times she's like, ma'am, that's how she calls it, ma'am. Uh, ma'am, I need to pay the tuition, uh, like my girl's tuition back in the Philippines. Can you give me like six weeks in advance? I'm like, exactly. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, sure. Uh, but uh, that's in the, let's say, more informal economy that it's like, and she has a trust to come to me and then ask. But then let's say if I work in an, established job with payroll you know like an institution I don't I've I think I've never seen such a benefit that you're like if you are in financial difficulties remember that there is a facility where we can give you a month in advance or mm -hmm. we can give you a loan or we can you know like I I think we don't I think I've never seen that I, I've seen that in very few cases, in very few cases. And it, it has two, two faces, like a coin. In one of them, you can see um, the benefits. Employees feel like they are supported, that they have this uh, safety network that in case they need is there. But there's also the other, the other uh, face in the coin, the other side when people think ah, it's a lifestyle. I will ask for my family in advance as a strategy. And, and they do that as a kind of living because there's many people who is making debt their lifestyle. And yeah. It's also related to financial well-being and health because most of the people who is financially stressed, they are stressed because of debt and over-indebtedness. And over-indebtedness is not something that you build from one day to the other. It's something you build day by day that you have to analyze really how are your habits? How are you taking decisions? How did you end up in that, re in that situation? Because maybe you started with a little bit, maybe this pay advanced uh, payment. Uh, next time you use the credit card and next time you thought, oh, I can still pay those things or they are not asking me to refund it yet so then I will get another payment in the store uh, I will get this for the car this for the house and then you start to create this snowball that is growing and growing and then you have the over indebtedness problem mm. and, and that's when we have to also focus our financial well-being in our habits how yes. our our habits Okay, let me interrupt. So we touched on the three indicators of financial well-being. Uh, then we deviated a little bit and we ended up talking about debt. And now we're back into habits. So taking that into account and taking our listeners into account that probably now they are like, oh my God, 
it's so important. I know I have to listen to this conversation, but at the same time, it's a bit overwhelming because it's like so much. So how do we, if I am listening, which financial planning tools do I, do I have access to or can I use to ensure that I'm on my way to being financially healthy? Yeah, I would like to propose that we take a, a paper and a pencil or something and we write down and we can divide it in, in four. And one of them, one of those four pieces will be to focus on our income. How are we generating income? Are we depending just on one source of income? Because what will happen if we lose it? It's most gone. of us, most of <laughs> yeah. us do. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we do. We, we are we have that. And now we have seen that the situation, it doesn't mean that I have to find three jobs and work during the day, during the night, night and day, and never have balance. We will focus later on how to, to the idea and the key issue is to create passive income. Something that I don't need to be there actively working, doing to generate income. That's the idea. Of course, you can continue your jobs. <laughs> uh, but the, how do we generate income? It's one of them. In the other, we will focus on our expenses. And for that, we have budgets, we have many apps nowadays that we can download and use to track how our, uh, our expenses. And it could be also a, an interesting exercise if you say the following month, I will track my expenses and I will write it down. Every single expense I have, even if it is one, Sent, you will write it down and you will say I spent it with cash, credit card, a check, I don't know. But you can track so you can see really where your money is going to for one month. And then you can find out if you are spending more than you think in some issues or less than you think in other issues. This is the other tool and it's really important. And I know we have heard many times and in every financial conference to talk about budget, but it's still the pillar that will give us the light to say, what is it I need to do and change? Hmm. Do, do I need to generate more income or do I need to some expenses? Reduce. Maybe I'll have to reduce. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's the key, so, but we don't have to be stressed about it because it would give us the power to make decisions. Maybe right now, as you said, we feel that it's overwhelming, it's too much, but in reality, what we need is just to add a, our calculator that can add, divide, multiply uh, <laughs> the basic mathematical operations. So it, the, the, we, we don't need to be stressed because it will give us light. Don't, don't look at the budget like something that will give us limits. It's the other way. It will give us the freedom to take decisions, to say, it's there where I can reduce something and then this money, I will move to this other thing I really want, a goal or something. 
and having goals, having long-term ideas and short-term goals will also give us light to where we want to go. And remember um, this, this movie uh, where Alicia in the Wonderland and she doesn't know which way to go. And the cat, I think it's a cat. I don't remember exactly. It tells her, it doesn't matter. If you don't know where you go, you can take any path. And it's the same with, yeah. with our science. If we don't know where it goes, it will take any path. So we, we can decide which will be my goal. And then we will be more emotionally linked to this goal, to what we want, and be positive about, let's say optimistic, because positive nowadays is something <laughs> in the pandemic times, it, it's a joke. But let's say we feel more optimistic related to our goals, because we will be more emotionally linked to this. And then we don't see the sacrifice on the things we are going to reduce in our expenses, we will see the benefits mm. because we, that it will lead us to something where we to where we want to go, which is our goal. And if this goal has a name, and let's say <clears throat> my I don't know if it's my first car, my savings to my house, my savings for retirement, my savings for my children education, then if you name it, it will be easier to be committed to that goal. Yeah. Yeah, you it's name it, identify it first. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Name it. And and if you can say I will achieve this goal in one year, in two years, it will give you this time horizon that you can say, I it's easier, I can actually do it. But if you start saying, ah, when will I start to save for my children education? In my case, where can I? You will never start. Mm. But if you have this time horizon, you can see it's really possible. And then it's more achievable, let's say. The yeah. goal, it, it, you, can, you can easily be more committed to it. In the other two pieces of our, in our paper, we will write, do we have any assets? Mm -hmm. And then those assets- What's an asset? Uh, yeah, it's something, and it's something I, I want to clarify because I've been reading many people say it's something that gives income. In my opinion, you can also have assets that are merely things that you possess, that are possessions, but if they don't give you income, they don't bring money into your wallet, maybe it's something you can start to analyze and say, how can I change this possession I have to something productive? Mm. And then we can see um, the, the, the trend is that people is building those community services, if I can name them, Airbnb, yeah. Uber, UI, Using the, it's the biggest transportation company, but they don't own the vehicles. But you are using them for this to serve the community, and then you have an extra income. Yeah, the same on Airbnb. And for me, the financial sector is the biggest proof of this abundance management. A lot of people have the capacity to save, and they go to the bank. And all people need those money to invest. 
to buy, to consume, to we don't know, and they take those money in loans. Why do I say that it's the abundance management? Because at least in Guatemala, 90% of the money that banks give in loans to people come from the savings from the others who have mm. the capacity to, to save. This intermediation process then gives me the idea that it's to manage the abundance that it's there. How can you build with this abundance they are making the business based on somebody else's money? <laughs> Savings and loans. Uh, for me, that's the biggest example then. Yeah. And then in the last box or quarter of our paper, we have um, if we have any debt. And then we have to analyze, is this, is this debt productive? Can I use it to make it productive? Or is this step paying for my lifestyle? Mm. If, if the debt is paying for your lifestyle, maybe it's not that productive. No. But if you have a debt to do something productive, then maybe the quality of the debt, it's more, let's say, it has more quality because it will, it will give you something that it, at the end of the day will bring you money in your wallet, into your pocket. You can say, okay, this is giving me something productive. I can generate income out of this. Then it's, uh, of course, there are many things to evaluate when you when you take a, a, a loan. But let's say that those four aspects, income, expenses, assets, and debts, will give us like a diagnosis of how we are right now is like a table based on, on four feet. And my invitation is that don't feel stressed. Take one of them and say, okay, I have find out that I have to work on income generation. Yes. And then you, you set it as a goal. I will work on that. Can I, can I stop you yes. there? Yeah, yes. because like, exactly. You said like the four key elements to think about when we're thinking about our financial life, it's basically income, expenses, assets, and debt. As part of that conversation, you touched the topic about having goals, objectives, where am I going to? Now in, in well, probably it's been always, but now with the pandemic, it's in my mind, it's very evident that there are two specific objectives that people may have in mind at this point in time. And both of them are kind of like fear-based rather than inspirational-based. Uh, mm -hmm. The first one is, how can I get rid of debt? And the second one is fear of losing my job. Therefore, my objective is to be financially safe. You know, because like we've all noticed that as much as we love our jobs, like things can go wrong. <laughs> like yeah. and the whole economy in the whole world can shut down for months at a time. We never, ever, ever experienced this before. Like not in our lifetime, uh, not at a global level. <laughs> yeah. You know, 
Uh, so if we think about these two specific object objectives, getting rid of debt and feeling financially safe and having an alternative income, what are your practical thinking, thoughts, advice, tips to do all that? To generate income, we, we also have to start who I am. What is my passion? What is my dream? Is it something I can do? Is it a solution I can provide for people? Is there something I can offer to the world? And remember, many people is willing to pay, as we said, for the bridge you have built between, for example, I was in that situation of um, situation A, let's call it situation A. I was in that situation where I didn't know anything about cars, let's say, yeah. cars. And then you became a mechanic or because you liked it or you have some knowledge. And many people is willing to pay for this bridge you built to have knowledge, to know the know-how. Is it something you can share, you can teach, or you can practice to serve people? Is that a solution you can offer? Maybe people is now more willing to have a service home delivery than going to a, a workshop. And then you say, okay, if you have a minimal thing that I can fix in your house, I can go. I don't know, it's ideas. But you have to start on what, who you are, what you love, what is your passion. And if it's something that you can provide people a solution, a service, and how to generate income out of that. And there are also exercises like, for example, is it something I do? I cook really delicious, not my case, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> is it something I can do? Uh, to, to also give to people, it's something I like. Mm -hmm. And then you can also, the, the idea is that people can write it down because then you can see it, it's more evident. If you, if you see it, you have this visual to say, ah, yeah, I didn't think about it. But if you can say, I can make a brainstorming exercises and say 10 things I like. Yeah. I, I, 10 things I am interested about. How to find out things you are interested about? You can say, it's 10 things I would like to write a book about. Then you know those things interest you. And mm -hmm. uh, 10 things you like. For example, if you like pets, you can say, I can give people the service to take care of their pets when they're on vacation to, I don't know, there are many things that people can, can like. I like um, traveling and I can tell people organize a, a trip because I have been there. I don't know, I know how to go to, I have never been in Malaysia and I would like, I'd love to go. And then if you tell me, I, I can, and give you a lot of a lot of information about the a lot of information and you organize a group and then we have 10 20 people from latin america going to malaysia for the first time and then we have we've got a project now once we can travel again yeah and then those things you like those things you are interested about and uh, you can write it down and say, okay, those things, or go to your assets, a piece of paper where you wrote, I have a car, is, can I use it for 
transportation to others. Uh, I have my house and I offer a room for rent for maybe a student from outside <laughs> from <Yeah. laughs> or I, I don't know you have to go to your assets or oh, people who really loves uh, I, I had a friend who really loved to uh, her passion was makeup yeah and she's professional on that now she's professional but it started like a hobby and then when you had a party you could you could call her and she was going to your house and she was giving you this fantastic makeup for a special activities now she's also teaching others yeah. how to your own how you can give yourself these special face treatments and hand treatments and then you have the perfect makeup for this occasion and then she's teaching on that <clears throat> yeah and i love like how most of your examples or the the guidance that you're saying it's like look at what you like what you're good at you may start as a hobby it's basically a passion project that you start then growing into a business exactly i had a coachee who told me once what can i do i don't have a university title i don't have a husband i and i don't have this and i don't don't focus on what you don't have focus on what you are what you have because you have and i told you, you have all this power you have all this willing to find to do something let's start from that and remember uh, the biggest asset we have and it's written by robert kiyosaki this financial guru who mm -hmm. has written many best sellers the biggest asset we have is our mind it's our capacity yes. to to create to build yes. it's our brain yes our brain and our heart together yeah our imagination to say what can i do to solve the situation many entrepreneurs have started with those uh, ideas maybe crazy ideas people told them you won't make it it's too difficult it's too hard it's too expensive it's too this focus on how to do it mm -hmm. yes and it's our biggest asset i love that yes yes me too um, <laughs> um how about okay so that was one the one about generating income and fit and basically the need or i'll use the work terms product design terms the job to be done was to feel financially safe therefore create additional income so that was one objective the second objective is uh if i am in debt how do i get out of there yeah, it also starts like when you go to a doctor and, and he starts to ask, um, do you feel pain? Have you headache? Uh, have you cough? Uh, <laughs> you also have to make your own diagnosis and start also to write it down. <laughs> I love that because it gives you the visual ideas of really how I am. And you will have to rank all the debts you have, all of them, including mm. the smallest, if you think, but it's just, I don't know, one dollar to my neighbor, uh, one pound to, to my colleague at job, uh, one quetzal in Guatemala. Yeah. Uh, um, but you have to write them down. And then you will, after you, you see them, you will organize them. And this is what I call the OPA system, because then you give them order, 
you will organize them, you will start by organizing from the smallest to the biggest, the biggest to the smallest. In, in, in my recommendation is start with the one that doesn't let you sleep at night. <laughs> this Very is good. The, 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 yes. and, then, and then you have the second step, the P from priority. Mm. Which one of those will be my priority? And there are two systems. For me, the, the system that works the most is when you start to pay the smaller steps because then you say, I paid one. And then you feel excited to pay the next one. And then you know that you can do it. And then you also have to check your budget and find out if there's something you can reduce to start to move the money from those expenses to the objective that is to pay your debt. It's really important exercise. Then budget also works for debt payment. Mm. And then we have to do it because then we can identify if there's something that I can reduce, that I can eliminate in case it's necessary. Uh, and maybe I will make a parenthesis here because I remember my husband, uh, he was smoking earlier. Now he doesn't smoke anymore. Uh, thank God. <laughs> but he was smoking and he was spending in Guatemala, it was uh, 20 quetzales daily to buy cigarettes. Uh, when we multiply 20 quetzales, which is more or less, let's say, $3 daily mm -hmm. on that, at the end of the year, it was 7,200 quetzales. <gasps> That's a lot. It was a ticket to Europe. <laughs> yes, yes. And then I told him, have you realized this expense you have it daily? And it's a lot of money. It's a ticket to Europe. Uh, well, I don't know, we could have been traveling. I don't know where with those money. What if you keep it in, in, in a plastic jar or something in your piggy bank? So I think it's daily, daily, daily. At the end of the year, you will have a lot of money for that. And, and then, but it was just a parenthesis related to the way we expand and our habits again. But going back to, to the debt payment, then we have uh, already organized them from the smallest to the biggest, maybe. We have started to pay the smallest. And then instead of saying, now I have those money for my pocket, you can say, I have those money for my next step. And then you go in this order from number one to number two, then you pay number three. And then you will feel that little by little you have been You're able making to progress. Pay. You make progress, you feel committed, you feel happy because you are doing it. And then this time horizon gives you the light to say, it's possible to make it. Yes, I have a very important question because like, well, thank God now I don't have debt, but I used to have. Like I had a student debt when I moved to the UK to study my master's and it was like a lot of thousands of pounds. But then, uh, but, I'm, it, but it was like, it was good because like because of that then I, I moved to the UK I did my master's it was so it as an investment but then mm -hmm. eventually I got a credit card uh, and the credit <laughs> limit that they gave me was 10,000 pounds which is a lot and I was just like 28 or 27 like it was ridiculous and I, I told to myself I would never use it and somehow I don't even remember what I did but somehow I ended up using it I don't know if the 10K or less, but it was a lot of money. 
And it took me a few years to get rid of that debt. And it was emotionally draining because you could see like every month, like all this chunk of money goes into debt. So the question that I'd love to know your, your thinking around this from a professional perspective is what's the balance between debt and savings? Because that was in my mind when I was in that situation. It's like, do I save more and then just put little into the debt or do I put as much as I can into the debt and then save little or how do I reach that balance? Yeah, um, according to this international standard on planning, financial planning, you remember we also uh, earlier talked about there's a international standard I didn't know about planning. I saw planning. two, 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 two. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. didn't know there was like best practice international standard. Yeah. Yeah. So scientifically based, the idea is that first you pay for your debt because then you will have the feeling of freedom. If you have debt, that you pay first your debt because then you have you will have the freedom to take decisions and save for your goals. My personal appreciation of that is that. You have to make a plan to pay for your debt, but you can also make a plan to save maybe less, maybe not 10% of your income as many books recommend, yeah. but at least two, 3% because savings is like this little drop of water that is falling, falling and suddenly you will fill your jar little by little. Yes, and all of because, a sudden you have something considerable, yeah. yeah. Yeah, because it's it's maybe it's not the big amount of money, but it's the consistency. Yeah. It's the how often you do it that will make it grow. So maybe you will have more focus now on, on get rid of the debt, but save a little bit, maybe less, maybe two percent, maybe one percent, but it's something that will be there constantly. And this uh, that is constant is what will make it grow. And meanwhile, you can still pay for your debt. So uh, the third step in our organized priority is action, because you also need to take action to pay for your debt. Yes. What does it mean? I have debt, I smoke every day, I spend 20 quetzales daily uh, on that. What if I use this money? What can I do? Is my action. This money, then I will take it to that. Mm. Maybe I won't buy my most delicious menu or coffee daily. I love drinking coffee, by the way. We are good exporters. Oh, in Guatemala. Coffee. Yeah, Guatemala <laughs> yeah. has really good coffee. Yeah, then I love drinking coffee. Uh, maybe I won't buy. I won't consume as much as earlier, but yeah. I will do an action and, and I will start to, 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 to pay for my debt. Because remember, besides numbers, besides statics, there's a personal financial history and there is a personal brand, let's say, or your name is there in your credit scoring. Yes. You touch yeah. a really good point. 
because like we've touched savings, we've touched debt, but then there's a thing in between that's called before you get in debt, like the thing in between that is like credit. So I have two questions. Well, let's start with this one. Good and bad credit. What's your thinking around that? Yeah, uh, I have heard many people when I was going to, to, to conferences in big rooms and there was always one person raising their hand, uh, her hand or his hand saying, debt is bad and it's wrong because I had this experience and you though, didn't supervise the bank because they gave me the money. And there was mm. a new one raising her, her hand. It's bad because the bank didn't give me the money. <laughs> and so, yeah, we, we, we think, we might think that things are good or, or bad. Um, but let's, let's be a little bit more neutral and let's go to a previous step and say, what am I going to use this money for? Is it something I really need right now? Or can I make a saving plan to reach this goal? Or if it's something I really want, I really need now, because remember what we were talking about, our brain prefers more immediate satisfaction than to postpone it. And then our brain will tell us, no, you need it now. You, you need that right now. So. Don't wait one year for your savings plan. Let's do it now. So the question we have to ask ourselves is, what am I going to use it for? Mm. Is it for something productive? Is it something that will give me an income, like my business, my, I don't know, <clears throat> to make it grow, to, to, to start it? Uh, or is it just something that is based on my lifestyle? Or... Um, that is not going to be productive, like let's say a party. You know, in Mexico, in, in Guatemala, when girls become Turn 16, 15, yeah. Or 15, then yeah. 16, in our cases, it's 15, we make a party. Yeah. And I have heard many cases of people who take a debt alone to, to pay for the party. Mm -hmm. so after yeah, that's just party, part of the culture. Yeah, that's what we yeah. do. Either 15 yeah. or the wedding. Yeah, and we have and we have this saying in Spanish, and you throw the house <laughs> for the window over the window. <laughs> over, yeah, yeah, yeah. The window. yeah, because it's something you are spending a lot of money on something, and and it's good. The girl is going to feel fine, and then she got married, and then she has children, and you're still paying for the debt. Yeah. So it, it's something that you have to focus. What if you start to save money when the girls turn ten, and then you say, okay, I will make this party. So I will start to save money for that. But it, it's also this planning, this long-term vision in my goals. Mm. I, I want to give her my, I want to give her the trip of her dreams. And then what if we start to save some? I'm giving examples that uh, might not sound so familiar in the UK and Malaysia. <laughs> yeah, but in Mexico, they do. In my mind, I was like, yeah, that was my mom. <laughs> you know, like... <laughs> Like the 15 years old party, the trip of her life, the, you know, like all those things, at least in Latin America, those are very, very relevant examples of the day-to-day -day life of a Latin American woman. That's yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. 
exactly and and, and i'm assuming it's the same or very similar anywhere around the world because as a mom you want to give the best opportunities to your children and many times exactly. it's like education travel like all those things so it's not just latin american specific it's everywhere that's my assumption yeah, so, yeah. and then the question is is it something i can plan is it something i can save for or is it something or the car was broken maybe what you need in that at that moment is to go to this emergency peace fund that you have and take money from there to fix the car uh, so what you need to ask yourself is, is what am I going to use for? And then the results will have a good or a bad impact in your life. If it's good, if you feel good, if the, let's say if you buy a house, the property, you expect that it will increase the price over time or that you will have an income because you can rent it out or then you make this um, also passive income because you, you, you buy the house. The good debt is the debt that somebody else is paying for you. Mm -hmm. I, I don't mean that you have a collateral who is going to pay for you no. and then you stop paying. What, what I mean is the debt that maybe your clients will pay for you because they are buying your product and they keep this money in your pocket and with this money you pay the back. You will pay it back, yeah. Very societal and spend it on clothes. That is what they Yeah. Or you have uh, the people who's renting your house is paying for the debt. For them, it's a service. They have a place to live and you have an income to pay to the bank. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's the idea that it's good when you have somebody else to pay for it. It's your clients. It's uh, the service you are providing. If you have a car and then it's your clients who are paying for the transportation that are paying for the car. It's the idea about somebody else is paying for it. It's not that your collateral is going to pay for it. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's the idea. It's good when it gives you that income or that you have. I have had also experiences. I have heard, for example, it's a medical urgency. And you need to pay for a surgery. And you don't have an emergency fund. Maybe the person didn't have an insurance and it's maybe the bill is too large yeah it, it's too large and you have it's your family or, or you yeah, do friend. everything for your family you're like if if someone in the family needs like critical care and yeah. it's not covered by the insurance like what do you, you yeah you 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 don't let them die. <laughs> exactly. And when you, you love them, oh. so you go and like you find the money. We know yeah. we all know that. Like <laughs> when it comes yeah. to medicine, like you put everything to help that person. And then it's like, well, one of the resources is credit. Yeah. And I have heard people saying, I prefer not to eat, but I will save this person's life. Hmm. I prefer not to pay for my house, but I will save this person's life. Yes. Uh, and what to do in those cases? Just to hear sometimes the diagnosis on that person, the, the name of the illness, when you listen to them, it's really shocking. Yeah. It's overwhelming. You feel like the world is falling apart. And then you take this decision also from your emotions to say, 
no matter what, I will do everything in my hands to save this person. In those cases, I can tell you what you have to do once you have made the decision to take the, the, the loan to pay for such a um, hospital service, or mm -hmm. I don't know, is to be satisfied and don't let your mental health play against you. Yes. Don't, don't forget it. We, we are talking about well-being, wellness, and then find maybe uh, groups on Facebook, support groups, somebody who listen to you, somebody who will say, I'm here for you to listen. And at least this part won't play against you. Yes, that's such a beautiful topic to wrap up this conversation. Money and mental well-being, as in mental health. Money and mental health. What are the words of wisdom that you have for us? It's take them in balance, let them play on your side, on your favor. They should not play against you. Finance should not play against you. It should be on your team. Let them play on your team and say, how can I make my financial situation work good for me? Amazing. And for my, for my mental health, health and well-being. Yes. Oh, it's been such a beautiful conversation. Thank you so much, Diana. And it's been filled with insights, data, best practice, uh, emotion, you know, like you've covered like all the aspects of our financial life and that is very unique. So thank you so much. Um, where can people find you? if they want to work with you, work uh, professionally speaking, like in Guatemala and all those things, or um, even like you are a certified financial education instructor too. So it's like, if they want to go and have like one-on-ones with you to talk about their financial situation and all that, where can they find you? You can find me on LinkedIn. My name, Diana Aceituno. Diana is a little bit Spanish spelling. D-A-Y-A-N-A. -A -A. Yeah. <laughs> also, you can find me. My email is also diana.aceituno at gmail.com. And also, Diana is spelled D-A-Y-N-A. No, it's D-A-Y-A-N-A aceituno at gmail.com. Thank you so yeah. much. I will add the details in the in the podcast description as well. Yeah, thank you so much for the invitation. As I told you, this is my passion. This is my mission. I can I'm see that. here yeah. whenever you need it. I mean, you go, want to go deeper because in reality, financial aspects have so many things to talk about. And it touches so many points of our lives that those minutes for me have not been enough enough i can spend hours talking about it because i love it and i would love to help people to be financial freedom to have this peace in their mind when they it's about finance and it's so 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 important like so important so i'm sure we can do something together at some point too let's do it <laughs> yes amazing yeah. thank you so much diana ladies i hope you had amazing value from this podcast i did and i work in financial services so <laughs> it's like I, <laughs> i got a lot of value out of this conversation uh take some notes 
send us an email if you have any questions and I'll see you next week. Have an amazing week and speak with you soon. Ciao. Bye-bye.